Our families have one of the largest impacts on developing who we are, our personalities, our nature, our traits. Uh, there are a number, a number of different agents of socialization, but the family seems to be the most significant. Uh, whether you're part of a two-parent family, a single-parent family, whether you're the firstborn in the family or the baby, I'm the baby, that's a fun role to have. Um, each part of that environment impacts and influences us. Uh, the dynamic of your home, if you were raised in a rural community, if you were raised in an urban community, has um, an effect. It helps develop who we are. Uh, if we're very close in relationship to our neighbors, or if you live on a large piece of property and you have to travel to meet with people. Uh, if your parents and grandparents live in the same little community, or if there's a large distance, all of those dynamics play out into aspects of our socialization process. Um, the family is so important because it truly teaches us a number of different dynamics. Um, as we parent, our children are learning self-control they're learning trust and relational behaviors. Uh, as we communicate within the family, they learn to communicate with each other and with us. Uh, as parents, my husband and I have been very clear with our kids and our children are between the ages of 15 and 21, but you know, we in encourage them to make good decisions, to be able to enjoy their friends and, and the environment and their activities at school, but we also kind of have boundaries around them and we set expectations and we clearly communicate those expectations. And I know we've chatted about that a little bit in the past, but it's important to really embrace that role um, of how important um, boundaries and communication can be in the development of the family. Uh, for me with my daughters, I talk about dating, I talk about self-care, um, I talk about how to uh, um, pick good friends, how to say no. Um, sometimes my kids have had to use me as the excuse for not doing something. They may not want to do it, but they don't feel comfortable just to say no, and they'll be like, oh no, my mom, she is crazy. Um, I can't do that. That wouldn't work. And I'm okay being the crazy mom. Um, as a social worker, I was a crazy social worker. Some of my clients, their parents didn't care, and they would say, oh, you've got to be kidding me. If I'm out on the street at midnight, my social worker is going to roll up, and I'm going to be in so much trouble. Yep, you are going to be. And I loved being that person that kind of held them accountable, but also, um, let them know what the consequences were and consequenced them. Uh, one aspect of parenting and family nurturing is discipline. And there are some people in the world that don't ever want to set limits or discipline their children. They never want to hurt their feelings. And um, children who are boundaryless at times can really struggle. They don't have a good sense of who they are, self-identity. Um, self um, they're not sure where they end and someone else begins. And so they may be very demanding in other relationships besides those with their parents. Um, it's important when you look at discipline that you've invested. Um, James Dobson talks about discipline being like a bank account, that you have to make lots of positive deposits in that um, account because when you consequence, when you discipline, it's a withdrawal. And so if your children only see the negative side of you, if they don't have um, that relational positive piece, uh, they're always afraid. Uh, they don't have a good true sense of who they are. Um, they're afraid that maybe the choices they make are going to be so traumatizing to you that maybe they don't make any choices at all. We as parents are very much encouraging our children to be independent, to be who they were designed to be. Biblically speaking, um, as a parent, we're to raise our children in the direction of the design that God has developed for them. 
Um, I am not to parent my children the way I want them to be. They shouldn't be little mini-me's. Um, they have to be to, to, um, given the freedom to be who God has, has designed for them to be. My daughters very much want to be educators. My son, very theatrical and wants to go um, and do scene and set design um, and theater um, types environment and may not go to college. And I'm a college professor, so I'm like, hmm, okay. You have to pick and choose what works best for you. Um, I could want them to be what I want. I could want them to be set for life financially, and they may end up in a field that they don't enjoy. And um, I've seen so many studies that just demonstrate when you force someone into an environment they're not ready for or their skill set isn't developed for, then they struggle. You know, so as you as an individual, as we are in our family um, unit, it's really important that um, we set good priorities, we set good limits, we invest in our children, we invest in our marriages. Um, recently I was speaking to a ladies group and I was talking about how I set boundaries and limits in my relationship and I'm like, I have three goals. I really want to be a strong, faithful Christian woman. I want to be a, a respectful and submissive and faithful wife and I want to be a truly nurturing and loving parent. Now, sometimes I go insane and lose my mind and I'll be like, oh, um, and I can be frustrated. We're all human, those things happen. But if I set my limits and set my boundaries around those three roles, someone can ask me to help them with a project. And unless it's something related to my children or my husband or my goals as a Christian individual, I don't have a problem saying no. Um, in doing my workshop, I was explaining that everyone wants you to say no, except to them. Um, one area of socialization within the family is being able to, as a parent, set responsibilities for your children, consequence them or reward them as they um, are successful in those areas. They need to be age appropriate. Um, you need to be able to support them as they're trying to develop and learn the skills. But also setting limits can give them boundaries. If you give just very broad boundaries, and some of my clients would give very broad boundaries for their kids, then they would push further and they would get frustrated. And they'd be like, what are they thinking? Well, rebellion, you know, for them, if they come into my group home, these are the boundaries I give them. And if they push the limits of that, I take some more away and I take some more away and I take some more away. And it's just so interesting to see the kids responding to the boundary and that structure, their safety and structure. And so if I can help families understand that as they um, engage in different activities, as they give their kids freedoms, as they check in with them and um, see how they're successful, then each of those things are equipping them to um, be more successful and more independent. Uh, one aspect that um, we look at in American society is the empty nest syndrome, you know, and it's that spot where um, we as a mother or father um, are now free of our children because they've moved independently of the family. Uh, for some people, that happens in their 40s. They have their children in their 20s and in their 40s, they're independent. For some people like me, it will be later 50s, um, early 60s when all of my kids will be out of the house. I look forward to it. Um, I work here at the Ministry Adoption Agency and one of my friends did international home studies and she would say, I go to sleep at night knowing that you nor I will suffer from emptiness syndrome. I won't. I love my three children. I'm so thankful I have them. I can invest heartily in them, but I'm successful if I'm able to move them on. They're independent. If something happened in today's economy and society where jobs are not always plentiful, they, some, one of them may need to move back into the home. I need to be available to support them and allow that, but I should not cripple them by not giving them the resources that they need to be independent. Uh, we as a family 
part of the socialization is teaching them what are the expectations when they marry and move out of the home. Um, what are the expectations for their sexuality? Um, you know, having a child outside of marriage, being married for a while before you have children. It's just interesting with my college students to be able to talk about it because some, you know, oh, we'd like to get pregnant in the next year and then I'll talk about, do you have insurance that'll cover that? Do you have the availability for child care? You know, who will watch your child afterwards in the sense of a family member, will you stay home and come out of school? And I love when I sit and talk to these young ladies that are like, oh, these are very good questions. I need to go talk to my husband about this. Now we're waiting for a year or so. Well, good, because now you're talking these things through. I love being that older woman that can mentor these younger mothers so that they can kind of design um, their uh, family around um, answers that they both have reached together. Um, one aspect of family and marriage is just being on the same page in your relationship. Um, I enjoy the fact that in Virginia, before a couple marries, most often they, um, the person uh, providing the, um, the services of, of, as a pastor um, expect that they go through premarital counseling or pre-engagement counseling. And that's very helpful for couples to um, be able to look at um, their desires, their um, hopes for their future you know, how many kids they're going to have, um, where they'll live, if the young lady will work outside the home after marriage or after children, trying all those things on and to be able to talk them through with an expert, very important. Um, I love the fact that there's so many people available in the church community that can help young mothers and young fathers to really develop a good idea of um, what it takes to be a man or woman of Christ in a marriage and in a family. For our children, I know that if we can provide them with support and love and nurturing, um, we can see them be more successful. Um, there's a wonderful book out. There's several in the series on just the five love languages. It's wonderful within a marriage and within a family to understand, does your, your child or your husband enjoy touch? Do they respond to gifts? Do they respond to um, time spent together? You know, nurturing words. You know, how do we... Um, best enhance our relationships. My 15-year-old loves touch, and so she'll just push my hands out of my lap and sit in my lap and sit and talk to me. I love that, you know, um, being able to see that that's one of her strengths and then there's a way that I can just nurture her by, you know, giving her a quick call or, or going and seeking her out and giving her a hug. Those things are important. When we're looking from the counseling perspective of families, when kids are acting out in the school environment or the home environment, one of the easiest treatment modalities we recommend is for the mom or the dad to take and spend maybe 20 minutes at, at night just playing with their child, um, unstructured play, being able to talk and do whatever the child wants them to do in their presence. Um, we've found that that's very successful. We've also found a lot of families say they don't have time. Uh, a difficulty within our um, world today is we overstructure ourselves, overplan. Um, we have our children in ballet classes and tennis classes and music classes and karate classes and we're involved in church and involved in community activities and then we're just bouncing and running from place to place. Uh, we have to set those limits and boundaries. We have to be very responsible in um, what directions that we choose for our children and for ourselves and for our marriage. Uh, when we're looking through this chapter, um, when we're looking through this material on family, it's so important to understand that Coming from a Christian perspective, there has to be Christ first and then the marriage relationship if there is a marriage um, involved and then the parenting relationship with the children. Um, 
being able to take each one of those roles very responsibly. Uh, for me, I'm always asking, you know, through prayer that the Holy Spirit will go before me and prepare my way, that I'll get good insight in how I can better relate to my children and that I will act purposefully and not react to the situations that are at hand. So as we are looking at families, that is one of the primary agents of socialization. The church has such a significant impact on how we can feel supported and then also how we can help support um, our husbands or our wives and our children. Um, it is so, uh, it's so important that we um, find a very level path, that we uh, take the time to listen, take the time to invest, and um, take the time to see how good someone's doing. Because I think in a family dynamic, if people are critical, if they are difficult to get along with, or they're argumentative, um, people become hopeless. And then at times they become helpless. And so when we're looking at socialization, being able to invest in the people around you, being able to take your strengths and give them to others um, to become their strengths, very, very important. And uh, making uh, the commitment to invest in much as we can, both in our nuclear family and then our extended family, so that we as Christians and we're moving through um, our life and our journey through life, we can walk away from each situation knowing we made the best choices and provided the best support and were the best example of Christ to those in our world.